We're midway through fall camp. The 2022 season is right around the corner. We've got Indy Sooner. That's right. JP is joining us to talk all things Sooners on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. And joining me as he does every day is Josh Helmer of 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon and follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. What's up, Josh? What is going on? How we doing? Excited for our guest tonight, someone that has, similar to his co-host over there of the JP and Trav show, Indy Sooner has kind of taken Sooner Twitter by storm. Indy Sooner, (laughs) JP, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? What's up? I appreciate the the kind words on the intro. Just say I, you know, I, I'm on my buddy's coattails. I'll just say that, you know, he he's kind of had a high trajectory and just been gracious to bring me along. So I'm honored that you guys would have me on the show tonight and excited to talk some Super football. Yeah, man. Well, I've been a big fan of your stuff and, you know, I've definitely included a lot of your social media reactions in some of my stuff over at Sooners Wire. It's been a lot of fun to kind of see you reacting and interacting with the Texas Longhorns fan base. So it's been a wild offseason, man. Just you know, I feel like it's kind of just yesterday, but it's also been nine months ago when Brent Venables took over as the head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. So just so far in the Brent Venables era, what's kind of been your biggest takeaway of his current tenure, like the early tenure of, of Brent Venables. Yeah. Um, really just the, the togetherness um, that seems to be amongst all of Oklahoma football. Obviously you can say the players and coaches, but obviously the fans too. I mean, when you, when you get 70 plus thousand at a spring game, uh, I think that says something and that starts you off. Right. Um, and even just to hear uh, from some of the recruits that, that Trav and I have talked to and, Obviously, even that Travis talked to that he's let me know um, just how excited they are about what um, OU's doing, especially with their sole mission. Um, you know, I have a personal relationship with two players. They're both freshmen, uh, Grayson Halton and Brady Braun. Brady uh, was a local product out of Indianapolis. And crazily enough, Brady's best friend is um, they're, I'm an athletic director and a senior softball player from me that was at my school last year is dating Brady's best friend. And so not only is he from Indianapolis, but I, you know, I have a personal connection with Brady as well. And then Grayson, you know, some of you guys probably saw, um, you know, I dance occasionally and uh, Grayson uh, kind of started to dance and somebody said, Hey, Andy, soon as you're trying to steal your thunder. And I thought, Hey, you know, this is a great opportunity for, for Grayson specifically uh, to kind of brand himself with um, Sooner Nation. And so I said, Hey, let's, let's, you know, go back and forth. I DM them. Let's do this dance battle. We, we did three or so may have more coming. I don't know. I'll try to let them focus on, uh, on fall camp, but anyways, um, getting back to what I was saying, um, both of them have just said that, you know, the family atmosphere, the familial atmosphere that, that Brent Venables has created 
and how much he cares for them, yet pushes them to be the best that they can be, um, it is truly um, amazing for OU. So I'm, I'm really excited about what Brett Venables has brought to the table. I always said that, you know, he's somebody that his floor is, his floor is being really successful because it's a guy that for 30 years, right, has been under three different Hall of Fame coaches, Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, and Dabo Sweeney, we know is going to be in the Hall of Fame. So his floor is, is definitely success. And I think, you know, his ceiling could be, you know, one, one of the best in the game. JP, because of your involvement and your history just as an athletic director in sports, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. For so long, Brent Venables, right, was kind of a, a white whale of sorts of college college sports, right? I mean, for college football, it's, is this guy ever going to take a head coaching gig? Is he ever going to actually be a head football coach? And then obviously we know how the story ends. He, uh, he winds up at Oklahoma. And, you know, one of the reasons that he said that it really didn't work out for him or in his mind it didn't work out in terms of taking the job at Auburn was he just wasn't really aligned with the administration from the top down. So from your perspective, when you hear Brent Venable say that, just given your experiences in life, I mean, what does that mean? What Brent Venable is talking about when he says the importance of having that type of relationship from the top down. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is so important as a coach to have the backing of your administration. Um, I, you know, I always tell my head coaches, I have your guys' back, right? I mean, unless you do something just comically stupid, right. Then I can't, but other than that, like whether it comes to parents, um, whatever else may may that may happen. Obviously, I'm at the high school level, but um, you, you got to be aligned. Um, you got to have somebody that is for you um, and that's going to set you up for success. Because if they're not, then why would you why would you put yourself in that situation, right? And so I think um, it, it really showed the commitment that that Josie um, and the Board of Regents had. Um, for Brent Venables, and I, you know, I said this on JP and Trash Show right when you know everything was happening. You know, they they were out to to make noise. They were upset with the way that Lincoln Riley left. Right, like this is Oklahoma. Like we don't people don't do this to us, dog. Like, um, and so I think that that really more more than ever made them feel like you know what this, this coach that that comes in here, they're going to get the entire farm and I think Brent Venables we've seen have done that with the support staff he's brought in the analysts that he's had um you know down to obviously um the recruiting gurus that he's brought in and and different stuff like that so now nah, alignment is absolutely crucial otherwise um you know you end up like uh our boy is south of the Red River yeah it seems like that's one of those jobs down there that you never have any job security really when you're when you're coaching at Texas, I mean, it, even year one, it seems like after after one season, Sark was like, "All right, Sark's on the hot seat now." Like two yeah. years into a contract, you're like, "What? Like, how does that even work?" Um, yeah, and and so I think yeah, the the alignment, just having the trust of the administration is huge and, and it's key, and, and I think that was why it was such a slam dunk, really an easy hire for. Joe C for Joseph Harris, you know, to target Brent Venables. It's like they had familiarity with the guy. He was an Oklahoma guy for you know 10 plus years. It it just made a lot of sense. And and the timing was absolutely right. And I think a lot of times it, it's just timing. 
can, yeah. can get in the way. And whatever happened to align the cosmos up in such a way that Oklahoma ended up with Brent Venables. I mean, that you just count your lucky stars. Sometimes the best deals are the ones that don't get made and him not going to Auburn is by far one of the best things that didn't happen to happen to Oklahoma. So we're going to have more with JP. We're going to have more 10,000 foot view on the Oklahoma Sooners. We're going to talk about what happened with TD roof and how that might impact the linebacker room. But first I'm going to talk to you about LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs is the place to go for all of your hiring needs. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality and hires versus leading comp competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, JP. So we got more kind of big picture view on the Oklahoma Sooners. As we go into 2022, kind of what are some of your, like, it doesn't have to necessarily be results oriented, but just kind of expectations for this team and how it looks in Brent Venable's first year at the helm. Yeah. Um, you know, I expect them to be uber competitive uh, at the very least. Um, I expect them to, to fight their tails off, right, and uh, to, to not be, uh, you know, have starters, defensive starters, uh, taking things off in the fourth quarter, um, as, you know, we, we heard in, in some games last year, right? Um, so, you know, I, I expect them to be full force going into this year. Um, I, I said personally I feel like, their ceiling is 11 and one. Um, obviously, it, it could be 12 and 0, but I, I got to throw a loss in there at some point. Um, I think the floor is eight and four. I think that's worst case scenario, um, in my opinion. But I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Jeff Levy's offense. I think, I think I can personally. I, I feel like we're going to get um, a really good defense just from our members, even in his first year. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be top 15. Uh, but I could certainly see top 30, right, um, just with everything that we've been hearing. Um, you know, God God willing, hopefully everybody is healthy. I know we're going to talk about TD Roof here in a little bit, but hopefully we don't have any other injuries um, happen that will affect that. But um, I think we know we're going to get from BV. Uh, but I'm interested to see what Jeff Levy's going to do. Um, I, I really have high hopes for him and the fast-paced tempo offense he's going to run. Um, definitely like to see a lot of our running backs that, that we have in stables because I know he likes to use a ton of them. Um, and the other thing I'll say is I'm excited to see how the offensive line looks after having Schmitty for a summer um, and just the difference that that makes. Yeah, we saw that comment or heard, read, saw all, you know, whichever way you want to describe it, Andrew Rame saying, basically we've got more out of six months with Schmitty than we got in, or I got in two years out of Benny Wiley. So we're going to see, right? I mean, that's going to ultimately get decided. What I've said with John here and on other platforms is 
Hey, I love that. That excites me. I love seeing Andrew Rave say that. But ultimately, I guess the proof kind of winds up being in the pudding, JP, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's, hey, how do second halves now play out for Oklahoma? How do fourth quarters play out for Oklahoma? And what you were talking about with Jeff Levy, it's, hey, I want to see Jeff Levy in this offense and Andrew Rave lump it all together. I want to see them suck the life out of opponents. I want to mm -hmm. see them be okay turning and handing off in the fourth quarter and second halves against uh, against opponents in the Big 12 and beyond and winning football games that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, um, looking forward to, to some smash-mouth football in the fourth quarter, um, being able to um, use his staple of backs, like we said, um, and know that that's what he's going to go through. Um, hopefully he can lean on air grade, Marcus Major, right? Maybe get some Javante Barnes, hopefully he's healthy in there and, I know Gavin Sonchek has been making some waves too. So, you know, um, we'll see. But, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, being able to have huge fourth quarters moving forward and put teams away rather than allow them to stay close is something that I'm looking forward to seeing. How do you sort of – how do you view the running back position? I mean, you talked a little bit about it there. Like, where do you stand with Eric Gray, Marcus Major? How do you see the running back situation for OU? Yeah, I mean, I think Eric Gray is the guy. Um, you know, I, I think that he's the most versatile. Um, a la DeMarco Murray. DeMarco obviously said he, uh, his ideal running back is somebody that's like him, right? So um, I'm not saying Eric Gray. If he has a season that DeMarco had, like, in 07, then I'm cool with that, right? But um, <laughs> my, my, my gracious co-host, Trav, is not a – he's not a Marcus Major guy. Now, not that he thinks that. Marcus is not talented, and this we said this, but just it's it's been all hype for almost three and a half, four years, and we haven't seen it, right? So we it, it's kind of you got to show me something at this point. Uh, we we've seen spurts, but to have him show it to us, you know, um, hopefully he can do that this year. Um, and I'm I'm excited about Gavin Sawcheck. I mean, I, I was excited about Javante Barnes. Don't get me wrong. But to hear the noise that, that Gavin Swastrick has been making in just literally a month and a half or, or so is kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, you know, I expect him to be good, but, um, you know, they're they're really raving about him. So I'm excited to see what they can do. And obviously you have Todd Walker um, kind of rounding up that, that group of a good running back there. So. Yeah, uh, you know, Travis isn't alone on the let's slow down on uh, Marcus Major. Josh is on that train as well. I'm all aboard the Marcus Major hype train, though. So when Josh and Travis try to get on sometime midseason, I'm going to say no and just kick them right off the off the tracks. So I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we do need to see more from him. I, I just, man, the spurts that I've seen, I'm like, okay, once this guy can put it together, give him five to 10 handoffs. If he's your closer in the fourth quarter, like I just, I kind of picture like a, a poor man's Marion Barber from the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. you know, just this guy that's going to be able to punish teams late in games. Will it happen? I don't know, but man, I really hope it does. I really hope it does. Cause we've seen the, the glimpses of, you know, just potentially great production out of him at the, you know, just con con considering the rest of the offense, you know, we know Marvin Mims is going to be one of the starters. Theo Weiss will probably start at wide receiver as well. What do you think they're going to do out of the slot? Who are you kind of projecting or who do you think is going to be that third wide receiver for this team? Um, You know, I, I think Drake Stoops is probably that guy in the slot. I think he, he think he's been definitely reliable enough um, to, to put there over 
um, these last two to three years. I think he's proven that, you know, he's not just a namesake, but he's a, he's a legit receiver in this receiver room. Um, and I think he's probably one of the guys that has some of the surest fans too. So, um, you know, we may see him in a, a Wes Welker type of role. Um, and I'm, you know, personally for me, I'd love to see him be able to get a shot in the league here soon, you know, and just be able to use his route running um, and, again, his, his hands um, that, that will, you know, prove it for him. But I, I do wonder if they're going to use Mims in the slot a lot too, if they're going to kind of move him out, maybe um, put a, a Wiesa Farouk and then Mims in the, in the slot and let Mims go hand uh, at times. I'm sure Jeff, you know, will we'll mix that up. But, you know, if we're having Mims and Wiesa on either side of each other, I could definitely see Drake. Uh, being that third receiver in the slot, especially on third downs, to move the chains. How big of a factor do you think one or both freshman wide receivers are going to be? Because, man, I hear and, and I put a lot of stock into what what Teddy Lehman over there on the rush has to say. I mean, when he starts talking about Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson and oh my, look out these freshmen, it's like, okay, well. I saw the star ratings, but in freshman, you know, wide receivers, we've seen that at Oklahoma, JP, where guys come in. I mean, recently, CeeDee Lamb, right, is a name that comes to mind right there. So we've seen it before, but where do you kind of see those two fitting in for OU? Yeah, I mean, you know, that that just proves um, the wide receiver depth will be okay moving forward, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I think that you could probably see them get some burn early in games. I, I think – you know, they're going to be working from behind just because of um, the experience that a Theo Weiss, um, a Marvin Mims, obviously, and a Drake Stoops has, and even, you know, Jalil Farouk, you know, with how he closed out last year and the summer, the spring and summer that he's had as well. Um, but, you know, Jaden Gibson specifically, you know, that's just he, – he's different than any receiver we have on the roster by far, right? And, again, not that Nick's not very talented because he is, I'm sure he – um, he's doing good things in his own right, but you know, be you know six five like Jaden is, and uh, to run the way he does that, that's something that you can't teach. So, you know, that's what that's the mode. Of, um, if he ends up getting some burn um, in important games this year, we got to talk some defense. Uh, you know, before we get you out of here, I know that we're. Uh, kind of rainbows and sunshine and it's all positive baby but we do we do gotta i think at least ask you okay like what's your hang up or two with this team uh before we you know obviously get out of here let's talk some defense as well real quick let me tell you imagine this you're hanging out with some friends putting back a couple of cold drinks a few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head their separate ways you think of calling for a ride, but you say to yourself, nah, nah, I live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose yeah. your license. You lose your job. What about you total your car? You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. That's to save lives. So everybody drive sober or get pulled over. You guys know the drill out there. JP, so we've talked plenty of offense for Oklahoma. 
What about the defensive side of the football? How excited are you about what Oklahoma has up front? They're obviously replacing a lot, but what excites you about what Oklahoma does have up front on the defensive line? And I am I am the leader of the Ethan Downs fan club. Um, I'm a I, I am a big guy uh, for him. You know, just saw some things out of him last year, just as a true freshman. And then I'm like, man. And then you add Smitty to that mix, and then you add Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis to that mix to be able to coach those guys. Um, you know, I, I'm excited about him specifically. Um, I'm really excited about Jeffrey Johnson, um, you know, just bring some experience. Um, and we know what he did against us <laughs> when he was at Tulane um, and just moving our guys out of the way all the time. Um, I'm excited to see what Reggie Grimes does as well. Jalen Redmond, hopefully he stays, again, healthy. That's kind of been his, his kick throughout his career. But, man, I, I think we have some dudes on this line, guys. Um, and I think we're going to be able to see them do um, a, a lot of good stuff. Um, Marcus Stripling is obviously – the name that everybody's hearing about. Um, he, he just seems to be killing it in camp. And so, uh, you know, I know Trav last week said that he expected Mark to have like, I don't know, 10, 10 sacks, maybe something like that. And, you know, that, if we get that out of him and, you know, we get seven or eight out of Ethan, and, you know, get some from, from the guys in the middle, like Kelly Gilliam, uh, Jeffrey Johnson, um, Travis Boyd, JK, Josh Kelly. Yeah. I, I think we have, more dudes than some people would like to think we have on the defensive line. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment. I, I think this is a group, especially on the edge, that's just kind of been biding their time, right? You know, two years ago, they were sitting behind you know, Ronnie Perkins and Nick Bonito and Isaiah Thomas. Last year, it was Bonito and Thomas. And now they're going to get their opportunity to shine. You know, they've. I think the trio that you mentioned, Downs, Grimes, and Stripling, I think they're going to blow up, man. They're going to be putting a lot of people on notice this year. And I've been I, I've been as excited as anybody probably about Marcus Stripling since the Alamo Bowl, dude. What he did to Oregon, I mean, he's just a game wrecker. And after an offseason with uh, with Jerry Schmidt, I think that's going to take that to a whole nother level. Now let's turn to the linebackers a little bit. TD Roof, it was announced or mentioned by Brent Venables in his Tuesday media availability that TD Roof will be out for the season with a biceps injury. He wasn't projected to start, but I think mm-hmm. that if we don't, recognize that he was a valuable piece of that linebacker depth chart, especially how we could consider the special teams units as, as well. It's a loss, but what does it do for the linebacker? room? Cause I mean, probably not going to start, but it's going to create opportunities for some people. So who's going to be kind of next up after maybe yeah. a Deshaun White, David Aguayu, Danny Stutzman, like after that, who's going to get the next opportunity? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is Shane Whittier. Um, he's somebody that's been documented, well documented the last couple of years as being one of the fastest guys on the team. Um, and so to be able to provide speed uh, at, at that position is very, very important. But obviously, you know, his, his thing was just being able to make sure his keys were right and not overrunning plays, um, you know, which we've seen over the years. But, you know, it, I trust anybody to get that space as Brent Venables, right? Um, and obviously Ted Roof being somebody that's been with Brent for a couple of years and knows his system in and out. Um, Jaron Kanek is another guy that I, I've just been hearing is getting some some burn at the linebacker's position in particular. Um, and so that may be somebody that also will get an opportunity um, with the T roof being out. But those are the two names I will personally um, be looking for um, is Shane Whittier and, uh, and Jaron Kanek. 
how the heck is Oklahoma going to sort this secondary out? I mean, they, they got two guys that we feel pretty good about, right, at the cornerback position in both DJ Graham and, and uh, obviously Woody Washington. They've uh, got some some safeties we think that we feel pretty good about in both Billy Bowman and Key Lawrence. And then just all of these transfers that OU's brought in. I mean, I think they've added some serious talent in terms of the transfers. And, oh, by the way, somebody we thought was gone and Justin Harrington, he's back. And so how does how does all of this kind of come together in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good problem to have, right? Because for years, it seemed like we were begging for secondary depth. And so, you know, we, we shorted up with uh, guys like Kenai Walker, the guys like C.J. Colden, Trey Morrison, um, and then, you know, not to mention uh, guys that are that are on the roster that were, you know, high force our guys like a Jaden Davis, like a Josh Eaton. Uh, that some people forget about, uh, but those two I know specifically have been doing well in fall camp. Um, and so, you know, when you add that all together, uh, obviously it's a it's a problem to try to find where you where you piece people who's on a too deep and where. Um, but again, man, what a what a great problem to have. Um, and you know, for Jay Valai just to be able to coach those guys up and see what he can do. I'm excited about Justin Harrington, man. We always were excited about him uh, and the fact that he's back with his staff um, and that he wanted to come back and be a part of everything and uh, that he seems to be doing pretty well and maybe we'll be at that uh, that uh, illustrious uh, cheetah position will, will be uh, fun to see. Yeah, it's a team that, while it has some questions on both sides of the football, it still seems like a team that's pretty well talented. And so just looking at it, just big picture view. And really, if you want to give a prediction, you can, do you see this team making the big 12 championship game? I, I do. Um, you know, I, I think Baylor is the only team that makes me kind of nervous. Kansas state will be good. Um, I'm not sure what they'll be on offense. Adrian Martinez, obviously, not that he's not talented, he's definitely a good quarterback, but um, nothing that nothing special that we haven't seen or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, again, as much as I will talk down on Texas, you know, what they had offensively, um, you know, was kind of like, hmm, I wonder. But, you know, their offensive line is, is still trying to be pieced together. Obviously, they've had some injuries. Um, you know, obviously, Isaiah Nayor, unfortunately, uh, got injured as well. And so, um, they still have talent, but, you know, defensively, if their defense is anything like they were last year, you know, that's that's not something to even fret at. So, um, you know, when you look over the whole landscape of the Big 12, uh, I think it's, you know, worse than it's been in a little bit. Obviously, Baylor and Kansas State are, are some of the better teams in there, but Iowa State probably will be as good as they've normally been. Um, you know, West Virginia will be decent. Kansas is Kansas. Um, you know, Texas Tech will be okay, but – Nobody I'm, I'm genuinely worried about. So I do see this making the Big 12 championship game um, and hopefully winning it. Maybe you can potentially get into the playoff. Poor Jayhawks fans. I mean, there's never been anything truer that's been said. Kansas is Kansas. I mean, there's nothing else that needs to be said there about the Jayhawks. This is that. So teased it a little bit earlier. You know, obviously, I, I think – all three of us are in agreement. I think Oklahoma's going back to the Big 12 championship game, too. I still think they're the most talented team in this conference. And I think they're going to win this conference before it's all said and done. But, okay, you, you got your your finger to the trigger there. 
what what gives you a little cause for pause with Oklahoma? I think just not knowing what you're going to see that that is that's probably what will give me the most pause. And again, I, I think defensively, Brent's been has been so proven over 30 years. I think we can at least bank on the defense being good. I'm not saying elite. I think it will get there to elite. If it is elite this next year, then college football better watch out. But uh, it will at least be good. Um, now, you know, Levy, I think the offense is what I'm intrigued to see. Um, and I know he, does, he did great at Ole Miss at top five offense in the SEC. And obviously you want to see that translate, and you would think it would with better um, talent at OU. But, again, we just need to see it fleshed out. So I think that's the one thing that will give me pause. Um, obviously, it's it's something that's giving um, these national writers pause, even though they're not really paying attention. Um, you know, they, they think, that, oh, you lost Michael Riley, you lost Caleb Williams, you lost all these five-star athletes. You guys are going to be it. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be that much that much worse off, if not, you know, the same. Some might say better um, just based off of the last couple years, at least, of if you compare Levy and Riley's offenses, they're pretty similar, if not, you know, Levy's being a little bit better in, in a tougher conference. So um, that's the one thing I, I, I think that would give me pause in um, just seeing maybe Brent's uh, decisions in, in games, head coaching decisions in games. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing that we're all excited to see. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get our first glimpse of it against UTEP on September 3rd when Oklahoma – welcomes the miners to a drubbing unlike any other. I think that football team is going to be excited to uh, put the talking to bed and, and actually go show some things on the field. So JP, man, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Y'all make sure you go check out the JP and Trav show. You can find it on YouTube. You guys are podcasts as well. You're on all platforms on the podcast side too. Yeah. Yeah. As well. You can, you can find us on uh, Apple podcasts, on Spotify. Um, and you know, we, we do our, our live show on YouTube and then we'll upload it the next day. All right, very I, got, cool. I got one. I got one more, if I oh, can, John. Before we get out of here, sure. the JP and Trav show. So, what was the genesis of it, and how, how cool is it to get to do the show, man? Oh man, yeah. So, you know, I I did a live stream probably last. I don't know. I want to say maybe early September. It was right around when the season started. Um, I don't know if you guys know around the table sports, Ty Hayes at all. Um, he, he's somebody that has like 10K or something like that on YouTube, but he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he had me on a couple of, of his shows, and so I was like, you know what, let me do a live stream, just see how it goes, use the StreamYard platform, and I did, um, and, you know, I did it solo one week, and it went well, and, you know, Trav and I have been speaking a little bit, you know, kind of kindling our friendship and everything, and said, hey, you want to come on the, you know, a live stream? And he's like, yeah. You know, we just vibed and connected and everybody was like oh you should have Trav back on again so I had him on the next week and then it just we just kept doing it um and it just kind of turned into the JP and Trav show and then you know really it it really exploded when Lincoln left because and I always tell this story I'll never forget obviously everybody's upset you know 10 a.m Sunday morning after a bedlam loss you find out Lincoln's going to USC, and you're like, what? what's happening? So me and Trav are on the phone, and we're talking about it. We're like, this is crazy. And then he tells me, JP, what am I going to do about my smokers? And I realize 
his smokers are at Lincoln's house. Because, right, Trav, you know, smoked some tomahawks for them at the champion barbecue the year before. And so on. Trav lives in Tulsa, obviously. So he's like, you know what, instead of me lugging these big smokers two hours to Norman, let me leave them in your garage. Lincoln, Lincoln says, that's great, Trav, because we're going to do it again. And Lincoln leaves to Southern California and doesn't have any plans to give Trav the smokers back. And Trav, here's nothing. So since when that happened, everybody was coming over. And then, you, you know, you had OU rumors and news on Twitter as well. So it was like a double up. We'd be doing like OU rumors and news for an hour. Then you come over to the JP and Trav show. And so, you know, we were blown out of then. And we still had a consistent fan base since then. But, um, yeah, it, it's been so cool to do that with Trav. He's, he's my real life, my real life homie. You know, we, we talk uh, occasionally and or not even occasionally a lot. Um, and so just to be able to do that with him on Wednesday is just so, so fun. Um, and it's just natural. And so it's awesome to see what it's turned into. Yeah, it's always, it's always fun to see people thriving in the content creator space. And uh, for you guys, you know, continued success for your show. And y'all make sure you go follow, you know, JP over on Twitter at Indy underscore Sooner, especially if you like, you know, some Texas shade being thrown. He's, uh, he's, he's one of the uh, assassins on there. So make sure you go <laughs> check that out. Uh, and go follow the, the JP and Trav show on YouTube as well. I'm sure you can find that. Just do a little search on that and you'll find it. Subscribe to their show. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Special thanks to JP for jumping on the show. We appreciate it, man, all the insight and, and your thoughts. We'll have you back sometime during the season as well to just see where we're at and get, you know, re- reevaluate the Oklahoma Sooners landscape at that time. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. He's JP. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.